What's up, guys? Uh, it's time for celebration. Hey, I'm uh, Riley, and this is our debut mega pod. Uh, you guys know this. We've been talking about it for a little while on the podcast, but uh, I'm actually recording this from a hotel room here in Austin, Texas, and just last night had the opportunity to have an extended conversation with Teresa Delgado, of course, a fangirls going rogue and uh, Fangirl Next Door and, uh, and a million podcasts. Uh, it's a great conversation. We had a great time. And, uh, and also, just a uh, spoiler alert, right in the middle of it, we start reading all the Entertainment Weekly uh, reveals and uh, call up Anthony Bresnikan, and he breaks it down for us. It's awesome. Had a great time. And the only reason this bonus monthly show is coming out is because of you guys supporting us on Patreon. So big shout-out and thank you to everyone who helped us cross the 50-patron threshold Huge, huge thanks to you guys who uh, made that possible. And uh, please, enjoy this podcast. I'll be back early this, uh, early in the week once I get back to Atlanta to record with Bruce and Mark. And uh, we're going to have a great time then, too. So, enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the Star Wars Report. The circle is now complete. It's Texas, so everything's bigger in Texas. So now it's official. Is it? We're um, it's official because it's let's actually start this. So we're technically yeah. we're technically late. Hey, I started the, the live stream started on time. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. Uh, I'm your host Riley Blanton, and I'm very excited for this episode uh, because we don't really have much of um, a destination in mind, and nope. by we. I mean the person sitting right next to me here, live in studio, the Star Wars Report Austin Annex. <laughs> it's Teresa Delgado. Also known as my dining room. Teresa. <laughs> but it's great lighting for the live stream. Yeah, actually, this is an experiment. So for the, those of you listening to the podcast version of this, uh, we're doing a, a fun little experiment where we're streaming the first part of this on Facebook Live. Uh, the whole thing's not going to be on Facebook Live for you guys watching live or the replay. So we're going to have the full podcast uh, and the Star Wars Report feed because uh, that's how we do. Is that, I'm, is that I'm just along say? for the ride. Uh, I don't know what they say. Is that what we? Is that what they do? Is that how we do? Um, I don't uh, think they say that uh, anymore. No. That's how I feel like that was a very '90s hip hop thing. I really, it's how I we do, yo. I, All right, okay. now I'm gonna stop. Now we're now just now insulting we're people. Now. All right, I'll shut up. Uh, Teresa, of course. Now, uh, listen. You really don't need that much introduction, but I think even I have lost track of how many podcasts you do. You do Six. Disney Vault Talk. Six? Yeah. Hang on. All right. Let's try a game here. Disney Vault Talk. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Galactic Fashion. Yes. Uh, Star Wars Bookworms. Yes. Um, mm, this is painful. I'm only at halfway, too. I, wow. Um, like, the biggest one of them all you haven't seen. Fangirl's Going Rogue, okay, of course. There's, there's thank you. Four. Um, I say thank you like I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought of it. Fangirl's Going Rogue, and I'm at four. Fangirl Chat, five. That's five. Um, I'm lost. I got five, though. Give me some credit. Rebel Yell. Rebel Yell, of course. I've been on Rebel Yell. Yeah, Rebel Yell's a good podcast. You've been on Rebel Yell. So you, you've been around the podcasting block for a bit. It's your uh, fault. Mmm. 
Sure, I'll take the blame. It is, it is. I will take the blame. Star Wars Reports is the first show I ever was on, ever. So, in fact, because we're in the same great state we met. the uh, we, we met at Dallas. Fan Days in Dallas, Texas. Well, it was 2000. like Irving, Texas, but yeah. Irving, yeah, so what? Sorry. 2011. 2011. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 2011. 2011. As the kids say. <laughs> I think I think we just don't know what the kids say. Yeah, I'm just going to keep saying as the kids say, and hopefully eventually we'll actually get it right. Oh, and I should keep the chat open, too, so I don't lose track, because I just realized that's a thing. I'm oh, so used no. to not podcasting oh, no. we, live. We do have an issue, though. The big honking show is actually live right now. Uh-oh. And they don't know who to listen to. Uh, oh. I mean, one of these is a video version with this sweet lighting. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, oh, Teresa Delgado just joined the live stream. I did. That's cool. <laughs> uh, that's what the kids say anyway. Um, no, so you've been podcasting a while, and we met in 2011 at, at Fan Day. So now uh, the Star Wars Report as a podcast started uh, like four or five months before that. So... You were on this show within the first year of podcasting. In its infancy. In its infancy. When it was the you know how long we've been baby, on air now? Baby show. Seven years. years. Seven years. I can't. That's. Mm. I don't know if I like that fact. What's funny? What's funny is I don't really think of it because I sort of think of the Star Wars report as a podcast in terms of when the Disney announcement happened. True. Well, that was like what 2013? 2012. 20, wow. Yeah, I know, right? It's already been. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I had to stop. Was it really? 2012? Yeah, because it was Celebration Six, where they I think they were going to announce it. That was 2012, and they didn't announce it. But it was, it was in like 2013. Few months I think because to the I, chat. To the chat. Uh, I think it was 2013 because I feel like I was in Florida. Hmm. When it happened. Hmm. Well, Maybe I'm wrong. One of those years. Someone tell us. It was we either 2012 know. or 2013. Yeah. <laughs> we don't sometime. Who knows? No. Sometime before now. So, but podcasting's been a big part of your fandom for forever. Of course. Um, but was there a change when the Disney buy happened? No. No? Wow. You just like kept doing it? You know what's interesting? Uh, I feel like you listen to Fangirls Going Rogue. Hmm? Because you're stealing one of our interview questions. Wait, I am? <laughs> I'm, I, I, I plead the fifth. One, I have no idea yeah, what one question of our, I'm, I'm One selling. of our main interview questions is, did the Disney buyout change your fandom at all? Yeah. And how, all right. Well, how often do people say no, not at all? Some people say yes. Because Good, they because got, they're the honest people. Because they, <laughs> <laughs> I would say it changed my fandom in the sense of there was more stuff to geek out about. And mm-hmm. so... More podcasts came about. We started doing more stuff. My life got busier as far as fandom goes. Mm-hmm. But as far as like my overall fandom of Star Wars, I don't think I don't think like yeah. I became more passionate. I was able to become more passionate about more things like porgs. <laughs> We're gonna have the porg conversation at some point. <laughs> Do you hate listen, porgs? Listen, do you hate them? Are you going to be one Aaron of those? Goins just joined the live stream? Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he well, Aaron Goins hates porgs. Mm. Uh, that is a known fact. Let's be honest. He tweeted that he didn't really like porgs. Is that the same as hating porgs? I, I'm going to say it is. Does it have to be two such polar extremes? Is there no middle ground, <laughs> Teresa? There is no porg middle ground. Well, from what I see on the internet, it's either all in okay. or not at all. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah. There's yeah. no middle ground. It's like a contractual but I obligation. I think Aaron should defend himself <laughs> right now. <laughs> I don't think he dislikes porgs. I think he just doesn't understand what 
the major point of porgs well, is. The, hmm, well, what is the major point of porgs? Enlighten Cuteness. us. Cuteness. Okay. They're like the cute animals. So, so like when people... Is there a good parallel you could draw? Because I'm hearing a lot of the Ewok parallel. Do you think yeah, there's like something penguins? unique? So, uh, so... Or hmm. like baby baby otters? Yeah. No, I I think they're cute. Yeah. But let's... Hmm, I But do you think... But see, here's the thing with Ewoks. So Ewoks... Uh, it's eat like people like well, they will eat it, you exactly and it's like part of the core message of they Return of the Jedi is me. like the it's about the values and who's right and fighting for what's right not about who has the better technology and so there's this really cool like element to the Ewoks what do you think so there's a deeper layer I guess so there's the cuteness on the surface but then there's like a deeper message to the Ewoks yeah but Ewoks what's are the like, deeper message okay, to the Porgs on. but Ewoks are like more sentient they're not they're not creatures per se they're like you know, an actual species. Well, at this point, we don't know about porgs, do we? Yes, we do. Are they sentient? From well, from Anthony Bresnik and stuff, he oh. said that porgs are. I have to find it. Wait, I wait. Don't... So this is uh, yeah, because Anthony Bresnik just put out a ton of pieces for this week's Entertainment Weekly that just uh, it dropped today it on was, newsstands. Yeah, it was part seven, but I don't know how to find part. Well, what's funny is one, that like two, he, three, they always release like four. two dozen articles related to the magazine piece, so I have no idea. I haven't even had a chance to read all of them. I've just uh, the seen some of the pictures. The only one I did read was the porg one. Oh, look, there he is now. Anthony oh, look, Resnickin. He's speaking on my computer. <laughs> in the lower... At, the, at this current... In the lower third. How do you find all the other stuff? Okay, wait. Porgs and caretakers. So <laughs> Nathan, it's part three. Very important question Nathan asked. Are there therapy porgs? <laughs> I really hope there are. Like therapy Ewoks. <laughs> well played, sir. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Let's see. Mm-hmm. These penguin-like wide-eyed creatures are native to the planet of Octo. Bless you. <laughs> so, that joke will never get old, by the way. Side of the first Jedi temple, and they're just one type of new creature. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Okay, just one type. Yeah, because they have the gar- the caretakers, too. We saw pictures of those, mm-hmm. which is pretty sweet. Um, but it does So he says they say this. So Ryan Johnson was saying if you go to Skellig Michael at the right time of year, it's covered in puffins and they're the I've most adorable things in the world. So when I was first scouting there, I saw these guys and I was like, "Oh, these are part of the island." And so the porgs are in that realm. So they're just like mm. they live there. Yeah. Like ducks live at Disney World. So they're not rabbits. sentient. I mean, or like what, not, is, what is sentient? Sentient sort of means self self aware. Like sort of they like can I think, think and I think the I think therefore I am. They thesis. I can spec. <laughs> I I spec. <laughs> Wait a second! You just unlocked something. The I went for the traditional like psychoanalysis of I think therefore I am. You went for I spec. <laughs> I speak. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Um, yeah, so porks are basically like, like the steel pecker what? from from the Force Awakens. It's like <laughs> that bird that just like it's like right in center frame, just pecking at the ground. It's Steve Glasson's favorite, favorite moment. It's yeah, his no. favorite moment of the whole uh, entire yeah, movie. Uh, yeah, like, go ahead. The whole thing. <laughs> He adores it. That's amazing. Um, so this brings us back full circle. What's the deeper message of the Porgs? Do the Porgs need to have a deeper message? They're there to be an annoyance to Chewie, is what I think. You think so? Yeah. Have you seen that picture of Chewie where it looks like he has a feather in his mouth? No. It's from what? the older movies. Oh, okay. It's from the movies. Gotcha. Okay. But he looks like he has a feather in his mouth, and people are saying, like, what really happened to the Porgs? <laughs> 
Well, listen, there is the picture of him at the campfire at the Falcon. We don't know what he's been roasting it's there. True. Let's, it's true. Let's be honest. Which, by the way, I do love the idea of, like, there's this epic training montage of Rey with, with Luke Skywalker. And then, like, meanwhile at the Falcon, and it's just Chewie sitting there. <laughs> he's, just like, he's, like, covered in porgs. <laughs> at his campfire, just waiting. The porgs are like, Mommy! And they... <laughs> Well, see, because I'm trying. Imagine they hop. I don't think they waddle. You know, like a penguin. I think they're gonna hop. Do Do you think there's gonna be a backlash to the porgs? Besides, there already is. Is Aaron like the now the spokesperson? Yeah, the porg lash. He's the he's the the source of hashtag porg lash. Mm. Yeah, he's not defending himself either, which is sort of depressing me. Oh. (laughs) Oh man. Because I really would like to know, like. Aaron, mm. why? Because I do know this. I do know this. So if you listen to the most recent episode of Star Wars Bookworms, where we interviewed Beth Beth Ravis, we do talk about porgs. And I do a porg imitation, which I will not do here, Uh, but I do... Wait, how do we know what the porg imitation is? It's my interpretation in my head of what I think they might sound like. Is there already porg headcanon? (laughs) (laughs) I just like so anyway he says that like he just he saw them in the sizzle reel but they didn't stand out to him whereas to a lot of other people they did oh, it stood out, out to me like when I first saw it at d23 that was one of the things like oh what's that it was like and it because it's hard to ignore those little guys well that's what I'm saying I think some people just they don't they want the actual story of the last jedi they don't care about the creatures but here's my thing yeah my thing is you know i don't want to be spoiled on the story so okay. the only thing that i really care about right now is things that are probably not going to have a huge impact on the story overall so <laughs> you're, you're kind of like hyper focusing yeah <laughs> like, it's like the the porg blocks out all of the spoiler world of star right. wars yeah well and because how much did you follow the star wars productions of the prequels was that like were you online checking the force.net or something like online. back in like 2002 what was, what was the internet <laughs> what was what is it what, what is this facebook about? what do you, you speak of well i mean you think about it the phantom menace came out in 1999 okay mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of stuff online i mean the internet was was building then of yeah. people actually having computers in their homes and stuff i mean i don't think we had a computer in our house until maybe like 97 98 something like that yeah so i was going into high school when all of that was going on hey <laughs> that's the problem with being on the same wi-fi network is that now everyone who calls me will ring on my laptop that's a good reason to turn down my volume <laughs> i'm just gonna tap that volume button down just a little bit so I wasn't really on the internet following anything. I think for me, the prequels was just the movies coming out. Let's go wait in line for 10 hours. Yeah. Mm. You know, for each one. Yeah. But there wasn't any like, I wasn't like reading stuff. Well, I do remember the Reader's Digest covers for Phantom Menace and there was like four of them. And if you got them and set them next to each other, they did like the whole, like where Jabba's palace is with the arch and the characters that were there. So, there's that. Mm. Well, so, and the reason I ask is because there was this big spoiler culture in the early 2000s and, and late 90s following the prequels. And I, and I, when I talk to people who lived through that, 
I say it like it's a war. We survived, we survived. the the prequel spoiler war. Um, but it, there was this big culture of, of following along and tracking down the spoilers. But I certainly wasn't part of it, and it sounds like you certainly weren't part of it. That's new to Star Wars, so you're like a spoiler free avoid it all. Oh, I'm a spoiler free person. Okay, I don't want to know anything. I, at why? Because for me. That experience of go okay, not anything. I don't want to know anything other than what Lucasfilm gives us officially. Okay. So like me reading the Entertainment Weekly stuff or whatever, that's sure. official. So I'll read that because I trust Lucasfilm that they're not going to ruin stuff for me. Yes. So Because it's in the hands of the storytellers correct. what they want you to know. Correct. So I would rather... Let them tell me the story with whatever it is they want to release because there's yeah. obviously a reason for that, you know, to get me prepared. So, like, if you look at the different seven parts of this thing that yeah. Anthony Bresnikin did, one is Luke and Ray, one is Finn and Rose, third part is Porgs and Caretakers, the fourth part is Snoke and the Praetorian Guard, part five is Leia and Poe. There's so much. Part six is Benicio Del Toro's DJ. And then the last Ricky, one. Ricky. Um, I don't know. The last one is. What is the last one? I think one? it's the one they just put out on his theory of Obi-Wan. Oh, The Last Jedi. Ray takes her first steps towards uncovering her family's history is part These seven. First steps. So, you know, I, I would rather read this stuff that they're giving me then read bits and pieces of oh this is rumored this is rumored mm. this is rumored yeah and i'd rather go into the movie just armed with what they have like wanted me to know about like it might be important for me to know what a praetorian guard is so when i see yes. it mm -hmm. i know what it is yeah you know things like that that they may not give you the name of in the movie it's not like they're going to be like praetorian guard <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to be like... <laughs> caretaker. Not, it's not going to be like Snoke is going to turn to Cabra and say, this is my Praetorian guard, as you <laughs> yeah. see, so, clad in red. So I'm good with that. I yeah. just don't want the rest of it spoiled. Like, I just yes. want to just know what they're telling me, and then I can go and watch the movie. And if you remember, when we saw The Force Awakens, we all came out of it. Except for Steve. Um, we all came out of it, and we were like... Wow. That was yep. like a religious experience. It was so interesting. Yeah. We must go back the next day. I was not it. prepared for as much as I felt not, I didn't know what to think. I wasn't prepared for that. I was, I was, cause listen, I'm a podcaster. I'm very, like, opinions are what we do. Like, we do opinions. And so I, I was, Certain I was, opinions. I was not, I was not ready for opinions. I was like, I don't want to formulate my opinions. Cause then when I do, I don't know if I'll agree with my own opinions. I have to think through this stuff. It's a process. Well, I like to see movies and just enjoy movies for, for what they are. Like, that's one thing with people when they go and see movies or before and they're like, well, I'm not going to like this or that. And they're breaking movies down. I yeah. go into a movie of any kind with an expectation like way down here. Like yeah. way down here. Because my thing is, is I determine whether I enjoy a movie or I don't based on if it makes me emotional. And it doesn't matter what those emotions are. Whether it makes me angry, it makes me sad. But as long as it makes me feel something and I feel like I'm invested in the story, then to me that makes a movie good. Um, okay. You know, I yeah. don't. I don't go on the whole thing of like, what was the cinematography like, or what was the lighting like, or where was the plot hole in this story or that story? Because I'm not a storyteller. I'm just a consumer of entertainment. 
And so if it makes yeah. me feel good, not necessarily good, but makes me have hashtag feels, <laughs> then I'm okay with it. Which is yeah. like, for example, we'll take a franchise of films that is super criticized, the Transformers films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love them. Mm-hmm. I love all of them. And I haven't seen the newest one, but I love all of them. And it's not because they're amazing movies. Because yeah. from what I've heard from movie expert people that make movies, they're yeah. really bad, which is fine. But I'm so invested in the characters and stuff that the stories are fun for me. You know what I mean? Yes. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. So, like, a, a good example would be if Riley were to review... Uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen which I remember seeing I remember just not understanding what anything was and so I walked out of that movie being like uh, I feel rather ill because of the <laughs> camera movements and I don't know who was really a good guy or bad guy or why anybody was doing what they were doing and so we're like well that's a bad movie but it's it's I think movies are contextual and this is important with star wars especially because this gets back to like the prequel stuff because movies are contextual in the way that you view them because there are different ways you can view and enjoy a movie so when you're talking about like a star wars movie you can look i I feel like there's a prevailing way that we review these things or especially with all these new films coming out there's a certain sort of school of thought on filmmaking on this is these are the merits of how you judge a film and like that's pretty cute I, can, I, can I? That's the one Steve gave me. Ewok. Ewok. Cool. This Sorry, is, I see I'm interrupting totally... Riley, and I feel really <laughs> bad about it, but also kind of not. This is from. She doesn't at all. This is from Avatar Land at Disney World from Pandora the World. Oh, nice. Avatar. So it's one of the creatures that live there. Nice. And it's cute. Anyway. Nice. Okay, you were talking. So there's this sort of uh, film school critic version of analysis for movies and do I hear oh see (laughs) (laughs) sorry guys see that was like we heard the phone phone, but it was so quiet it's like is that downstairs no (laughs) why am I hearing their phone it's going great this live stream's going great it is it's been interrupted um no so that i think there's a basically a film school critic version of of uh, criticizing movies that doesn't take into account nostalgia culture family experience Mm -hmm. friends we just talked about that yeah experience with frozen exactly exactly so there's and and so i think there's validity to like seeing well what were the characters motivations or was the dialogue well written or like those sorts of questions but i think there's a helpful way to look star wars is beyond the films and like you can have (laughs) you're right right there it's hi mark (laughs) herleman it's like the name of another podcast anyway (laughs) no uh but eh, i don't know i think it's helpful to to I can understand that there are a lot of flaws with the prequels, but you can still you can still appreciate what they meant to people without. I, mean, I think necessarily... the prequels are really cool. I mean, I never mm. would have thought of to use salt to make a waterfall. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like it's neat. It's yeah, really cool. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, with your comment about Transformers with Revenge of the Fallen, yeah. I agree. But I think part of it is because 
you are so much younger than me that you probably didn't really watch the original Transformers cartoon or see the original Transformers movie. Nope. And so I didn't buy the Happy Meals. Yeah, for people like me that know who the characters are and all that kind of stuff, it was easier for me to follow along. Yeah. You know, but I but I get where you're coming from, but I think you made a good point. We did talk about this on uh Disney Vault Talk. Yes, about Fro- Frozen, about available now on feeds. Disney Vault Talk available on iTunes. Please rate, subscribe and review. Yeah, so basically like the whole <laughs> the whole family experience thing. And actually you and I talked about this about Up mm-hmm. last night. Yeah. How you see a movie, who you see it with and the time in your life when you see it can really impact your overall viewpoint of a film. Mm-hmm. So even if, not saying that it is, but even if Empire Strikes Back had been like the worst made movie ever, which we obviously know it's not. Yeah. But if it had, if that movie hit you at the right time in your life and you saw it with the right people and it highlights a very specific moment in your life, it would be an incredibly important movie for you. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless yeah. of how good it is or how bad yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah, and that, those are the kinds of things that I think it's helpful to look at when it comes to Star Wars. Not just in the way you look at a film, but the way you look forward to a film. Because now, like, when there's a new Star Wars movie out, I know the way I want to see it. And I know, like, I want to get a big group of friends together. We're all going to go party it up at Meehan's and Atlantic Station. And then, like, 20 of us are going to go see it like we did at Rogue One. It was awesome. So that And that's the thing. You want to you build the experience because that's, you know, Star Wars is so much more fun as a social thing. I mean, when we so when we saw the Force Awakens, like that was a blast too. Just yeah. to have you guys there, road trip, and to go see it and everything, it was really really fun. So it's kind of one of those you really need to think about who you're seeing movies with. But at the same time, can you think of a time when you went and saw a movie with somebody like a movie you were really excited about and like? you no longer like talk to that person and so now when you think about that movie it's like tainted oh (laughs) oh that's so accurate like and it's not just movies like it's yeah yeah like you could go to a concert with somebody and then and then suddenly you can't listen to that artist's music anymore like oh yeah that kind of stuff stinks I can think. I, in fact, I can think of very specific times where, like, I was like, "Oh, this would be a cool thing to do with that person." And then I have like the calculus of like, "Will this work out well? Is this okay. a good idea?" Or here's here's something <laughs> even worse: you go and you see something, and so much time passes that you start to blend things that you've done with different people together, yeah. mm-hmm. and you start saying, "Like, remember that time oh, we went I'm to see s- this?" I'm so bad about I've that. I've done that to Greg on multiple occasions, oh, no. and he's like, "I'm pretty sure that wasn't me. I wasn't uh, there." <laughs> Mm. Yep. Nope. I'm guilty of that. And it's yeah. And I do I do that with podcasting all the time. Like if I if I'll meet I'll meet someone at a convention or something, but then it'll be like in a large active social environment where I met like twelve people that night and had great conversations with all of them. And then uh, two years later, like hey, and like you're definitely this person. And then it was definitely not that person. Yeah. I. But you yeah, know, unfortunately, it is what it me, is. It's one of those things. You meet so many people, you don't remember yeah. everyone's names or whatever. Like, I almost feel like I need to take a picture of everybody I meet at a convention and <laughs> yeah, then like go a, in and edit it and say, this is at somebody. Yeah, somebody. we need, like, a spreadsheet yeah. to, like, to track. Well, I remember when everyone thought Google Glasses would be that thing, where you could just wear it and it would ID everybody. It's like, oh, it's the such and such from the business meeting three years ago. 
How did we get there? Hey, Google Glasses, how about Star Wars Land? We haven't had you on the show since Star Wars Land. You mean Galaxy's Edge? I mean, no, I mean Star Wars Land. I refuse. Or whatever I refuse. It is. It's Star Wars Land. Everyone's going to keep calling it Star Wars Land. Well, it's true. Nobody I says mean, Disney Springs. Disney has, yes, they do. Yes, the Disney employees at Disney Springs. I Disney Springs. I don't okay, say downtown. I don't say downtown Disney anymore because yeah. it's definitely not that. Yeah, true. It but is. A, it is in Anaheim still, right? It is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But that's the other one. <laughs> well, so but like I, I see. I just remember being at D twenty three and. Uh, I was able to. I was only able to get into one of the two major panels Saturday, so I had to choose. So I went to the live action ones because that's where the Star Wars stuff is. So I'm stranded on the floor, on the con floor. I'm like, Teresa, what's happening with the parks panel? And so you're giving me updates while I'm at the actual. You know, and convention. that's the thing about conventions, right? Like we go to them, it's all exciting, and you're really at the convention for the atmosphere and the people that you're going to see because mm-hmm. the likelihood that you're going to get all the news is nah. so slim. Mm-hmm. People nah. at home are learning the news from the panels before the people that are actually yeah. at the convention. The one like claim I have from the entire day that was like an exciting, amazing thing that I saw that still no one else has seen is Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, you suck. Uh, I'm just going to gloat on that. I, I, at least... Yeah, so you've seen that, and I have gotten to see the Justice League trailer. Oh. Mm. Oh. I mean, what? Oh. What? It's like four and a half minutes of what? Sorry, I know well, I'm offending then, people. Well, no, then I know you have I am, Aquaman like, going, yeah! I mean, I know <laughs> I'm offending people, but I am just not a fan of DC's stuff. Wonder Woman was great, okay. which is an yeah. exception to the rule of stuff. You know, Ben Affleck's Batman is okay. I mean, there's been better Batmans, uh, but yeah. he's okay. I mean, he's the best. He, he's the best part of Batman versus Superman. He is the best part. Of, well... Mm. Wonder mm. Woman's appearance in Batman versus Superman was pretty amazing. But if you take Wonder sure. Woman out, okay, take her out, mm. okay, he was the best part of that movie. Yeah. And it's just like, I feel like DC, and this is not anything to do with Star Wars, but I feel like DC is is like running, trying to, to catch up. It's like they didn't really know what they were doing. It, mm-hmm. you, yeah, they have to plan so far in advance. Like Marvel sat down and did a twenty-year business plan. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And they said, this like is, a good idea. This is actually. what we're gonna do, mm-hmm. and this is how we're gonna kill it." And then they started making the movies. Whereas yeah. DC just kind of kept doing what they were doing, and then saw what Marvel was doing, and they were like, "Oh shoot!" I think. Well, and I th- I have to say, I think that. Um, it's a lesser extent, but I think Lucasfilm is guilty of it to mm-hmm. where I think the flaws with Rogue One are present in that they ju- – well, not Rogue One's not a very good example because they did a really good job, in my opinion, of taking that film and still producing something awesome. But with the shuttered Josh Trank project, which fortunately will – I think fortunately we will never see – uh, that they decided to drop that like a hot potato. I get the sense that they're like, oh, we're going to get these young, hungry, cool directors, just like Marvel did. And you don't have to do that with Star Wars. You can make great Star Wars films that don't have to be... Um, gimmicky? Yeah, gimmicky. This is the Star Wars war movie. This is the Star Wars laugh out loud comedy, Han Solo, starring T.J. Miller. Well, I don't think that's what they wanted. I think with I think that's what they were going to try to do up at first, but they quickly changed their minds after they saw the box office of The Force Awakens. Like, let's stick with what we know in Star Wars. It they seems really to work. They really do need to stick with what they know. I agree I mean, with they, it, but by the way. They know the character of Han Solo. They know what people want to see. And I, I hope they do. I mean, 
okay, what do you want to see in a Han Solo movie? When you go mm. to that theater, what are your minimal expectations? Not up here, just like for you to enjoy it, what are things that you would want to see? Good. Uh, I want to see the smuggling. I want to see bounty hunters. I want to see uh, gangs and the, the underworld. And I also want to learn something about... Uh, like something more poignant, like where we learn something more serious about why perhaps Han Solo is so adamantly uh, uh, secular, quote unquote, when it comes to the Force. Why well, it's like ah, it's a bunch of stuff and nonsense. I want. I think that there's something to his backstory there where you could really explain it without being too timeliney of like, and this is him when he was nine, and then this was him when he in his high school days, and then this is him at his fraternity in college. No. But but I do think that we can see his backstory without it being too much of a thing where I just try to explain everything. But there are elements that I think that you could really, really uh, touch on on Solo. None of which I just said was like, and a lot of great one-liners. Uh, <laughs> so to build on what you said I want to see those same things But I want to see uh, Han and Lando mm-hmm. And like How their relationship is early on And sort of where that developed from I want to see Han and Chewbacca And yeah. like how they come together I want to see like the early days of the Falcon Yeah So things like that, and I don't necessarily, I don't know if I would call Rogue One like a gritty movie because it was very beautiful, like as Mm -hmm. far as like a really, it wasn't a gritty war movie like Saving Private Ryan or like Band of Brothers, like it wasn't gritty, but it was, it was like a pretty war movie. You know, it was like well, because I, you were on Scarif or whatever it is that they filmed. That was a it, like it was just really pretty. I and... kept ex- I kept looking for like beach lawn chairs, <laughs> like a stormtrooper. Like he left his comm unit off to the side. And he's just chilling, totally unaware of the the rebel invasion. Yeah, so I don't. What I I would like to see, especially since Han is a smuggler and I want to see that underworld and everything, I want to see a little bit more grit and grime, Hmm. you know, because there are so many people living in the galaxy, at least in my headcanon, that are dealing with that, Yeah, you know, just like everyday dirty, you know, kind of life, like especially in the lower levels of Coruscant, you know, and things like that, where everything isn't all nice and pretty and shiny. Yeah purple well and i think and when you talk about future star wars films i'm one of those people that i don't ever i never get married to what i want to see i always go in and i want to be open to what they want the story they want to tell there the where i do fall short uh is there are specific things that i don't like and so like with han solo this would be funny is there something like you don't want to see in the han solo film I don't want to see him and who he was apparently supposed to be married to or something, oh, which was in the that, EU. Like, no, that's a Marvel no comic thanks, gimmick. No don't thanks. worry about that. I'm pretty sure that's not going to be a that. thing. I also don't want to see Han Solo being like this, oh, what would you call him? I don't want to say dude, bro, but like, I don't want to see him being, you know, just like all up on like any girl that he sees and like being like hey you don't you, know? you that's that's lando territory yeah, that's lando's like, that's job lando's job yeah. like i don't want to see on like that yeah yeah you don't want to can you imagine harrison ford delivering being... like like you truly belong here with us among the clouds no harrison ford no yeah. no and i would i don't want to see him being like cruel and violent either because i don't think he's a cruel and violent person Hmm. i think yeah. he's like he's like <laughs> 
He's like a smuggler. He's almost like... I think he'd like, want think about people like to Ez- think he is, but he's not. Right. Kind of like Ezra. Yeah. Like where Ezra's trying to be like BA, you know, and like <laughs> I can... Yep, yep. I'll injure you, blah, blah, blah. But like really, he's not like that. Yeah. Like he's nice and soft and mm. sweet. Yeah. Well, I do want to dig more because I have thoughts on the Han Solo movie and, and then generally like on, well, on some more. Uh, and so, yeah, and I, I have some opinions that I will express, but they, they, they should not be said live on the Internet. So, hey, everybody, <laughs> I'm actually I'm, I'm going to get ready. This is how we're doing it. Uh, I'm going to shut off the Facebook Live. Uh, Uh-oh. Uh, I think we've tempted fate long enough. Uh, guys, thanks for watching. Uh, and I know Facebook sometimes a little different. Uh, than the podcast. So download the podcast, uh, everybody, too. Say bye, Teresa. Bye, Teresa. Uh, oh, the other thing is, like, you always have to figure out, oh, finish. That's the button. Oh, there we go. Okay. See you guys. All right. Look at that. The podcast is still going, by the way, guys. If you're listening to this via podcast, all that weirdness, why Riley sounds very distant right now. We are still recording. Yeah, we're still recording. It's still it's still happening. We just turned off the camera. I can see everybody. Everybody. I can now see everybody and their and their mom, which is quite accurate. Uh, who keeps calling? <laughs> uh, wait, do I post this, Teresa? Do we go ahead and just yes, upload the sucker? All right, I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and post it. I'm new to the, all this. I don't know what we're doing. Uh, all right, we're keeping the post. All right, there we go. Look at that—a successful live stream. Look at that Facebook Live. It's a thing. Han Solo. Okay, here's what we don't need to see. All right? We don't need to see a, a PowerPoint montage of every single reference from the original trilogy that Han Solo says. So, like, uh, the running the Kessel Run. We're going to see him running the Kessel Run. I don't need to see or, like, I, yeah. It's good that I know that he did that. Yeah, no. So, like, that's the territory we can avoid. In, yeah. In 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 Hansel, I almost said Rogue One. I don't know. Uh, man, man, this is uh, Teresa. I'll tell you what, I'm having a good time. I want to add. I'm still trying to get over the pork thing. I actually don't. I I don't. I'm fine with the porks. You're fine, but you don't love them. I even I love the porks. I mean, I I'll love go as the far porks. as saying I love the porks. I'm I'm not sure I understand the instant. Uh, well, okay. phenomenon that let's is now think, the Porgs. Let's think about Star Wars fandom. Listen, the the Porgs are like three times more the excitement that Ewoks ever were already, and we haven't even seen the movie. <laughs> it's a test. Wait, of, whatever the, the if the Ewoks were to come out in another Star Wars movie, people would freak. Yeah, you think that? So? You yeah. think so? Oh, because all the people that were like, "I hate Ewoks," I they don't, like don't actually. Ewoks. There's no one that hates Ewoks. Just like there's no one who hates Porgs. Mm. They just don't. Like they just don't care about them, yeah. No, you know? or they aren't drawn to them. You know, I I'm gonna be totally cliche here Uh-oh. because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot mm-mm. of guys that like porgs. Okay, okay all there's right, a lot of guys sure. Like porgs. But I think porgs were made for for girls. Uh, because we like cute, big eyed, cuddly things. Well, now I'm getting jealous. I want the porgs too. Now <laughs> you can have the porgs. <laughs> we will share them with you. But I the do. Por- I do think that they were like, hey, I bet you, I bet you Star Wars fans will like this. And somebody said, yep, the girls will for sure. Well, and there's, and and as the Anthony Bresnikan piece pointed out, there's an in-universe reason for them to be there. There is, which makes sense. And actually, that makes me like it that much more because it, it it just makes sense. What all right? Tell tell me about what are these all these Bresnikan pieces? You had a list up there a second ago. I, I sure did. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, and again, the Brez, um, 
I, okay, so the one that came out today, which is August 11th, 2017, as we record this, is The Last Jedi. Ray dis- Ray, wow, I'm just going to... Takes her first steps. Just start over. Ray takes her first steps towards uncovering her family history. Okay. So that's piece number seven. So piece number one was Ray and Luke, or Luke and Ray. Mm -hmm. Then Finn and Rose. So it talks a little bit more in in depth about them. Porgs and caretakers. So that's the one I was talking about. Okay. That info. Snoke and the Praetorian Guard. Nice. I actually have seen the video on this one. One of the cool things about these is they're each accompanied with like a little video of him talking. Oh, nice. Part five is Leia and Well, po. let's point out like the, the autoplay lower third. That is a that is a, a handsome man, Anthony yes, Bresnikin. Yes, this is going along and he's got, with the thing, oh, this nice. particular piece. I, like the, um, I do like the video stuff that they're complimenting it with. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice. cool. And then part six is uh, Benicio Del Toro's DJ. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So, and we're seeing a whole slew of new images. Do we have like an actual photo gallery? Because just the thing is that it's always hard to find because like this stuff goes so fast on Twitter. So like I was busy traveling the days this stuff was coming out and I can't keep up with all the images because there's all kinds. We saw new pictures of the Porgs. We saw new pictures of the Caretakers, the Praetorian Guard. I think we saw new ones of Snoke. Oh, I saw that a new one of Ray training, but I've, I have no idea how to actually pull them up to comment well here's this is interesting oh so that's we pretty just sweet pulled up a picture of ray walking wait, up to the rejection hits like... ray's abandonment issues hard wait i'll scroll back up what all right she oh i uh, did i did read this oh t- tell me i'm okay I'm so okay. i'll read this this is coming from the article all right let's hear it luke definitely hear. does not give ray the warm welcome he received when he went in search of alec guinness's ben kenobi in 1977's original star wars she is warned she is given an explanation nevertheless she's quote unquote she's so hopeful to everything and obviously there's a hint of what the hell <laughs> the rejection hits Ray's abandonment issues hard. <gasps> abandonment issues? Is she still as looking we, for her as we know, family? Yeah, as we know, the young scavenger was ditched as a child on the hard scrabble junk world, junkyard world of Jakku. Um, but un- by unknown parents and left for years to survive on her own. But lately, she has gotten accustomed to making fast friends. And then Daisy Ridley says, quote, regardless of everything else, she's been welcomed. No one has ever really turns her away. That changes when she arrives to Octo. Uh-oh. Hang on, go over that again. Wait, what? Right so right. we know she's been welcomed in by Leia and BB-8 and Finn and Chewbacca and even Han Solo. Mm. But now she goes to see Luke, who she's probably built up in her head. As the yeah, yeah, it's like, like the, the you know, Jedi hero, the general, right, who can the help rebellion. me learn what I need to learn, blah, blah, blah. And he's going to brush her off. Yep. Mm. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I've got to pause my recorder for like 30 seconds and maybe something cool will happen. All right, so we'll be right back. See if we can get this going. Uh, so uh, what you're saying is, where did she come from? Where did she go? Where did she come from? <laughs> Ray and the... Yeah, pork. Um, <laughs> so I just sent a text. We'll see if something happens while we're recording here. I, I have no idea if, if, whether it will or not. Uh, I'm my mind is blown by this Ray piece. So it's like a Luke, Luke, 
And again, I get, and this is where I feel weird. I feel like in some ways I have to give a spoiler warning, but this is all stuff that's coming officially f- through Lucasfilm. So, mild spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the Anthony Bresnikan pieces in Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, I Most mean, I don't really now, know if these are spoilers, though. I mean, it's kind of stuff we sort yeah. of figured. I mean, I think. So, we'll, Luke's grumpy. Like, he's we have grumpy. grumpy Luke Skywalker. I mean, think about it. He lives on a freaking island. Is he just taking the role of the hot. He's taking the Han Solo grumpy role. I guess well, I, I mean, maybe, but. Yeah, train this girl. I don't think it's that. I think it's more of I screwed up. Mm-hmm. I did what something I probably wasn't supposed to do. I had all these expectations on me and I was supposed to revive the Force and the Jedi and something, something. And instead I screwed up and yeah. now there's no reason for me to be here. Let me put myself on an island to live out my days. You know, where yeah. the first Jedi temple was. We've seen Jedi temples. We've seen them in Rebels. We've seen them in the Freemaker adventures. And, like, it's so cool to see all those. But the that is a great question of what is the first Jedi temple? Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's this one. Yeah. They're right there. And, uh, man, it's so cool. That's like... I'm, you have been to the place... I, I was going to say. I was about to just start bragging it about it. It is the origin of the Force. Yes. Like, essentially, like, like where literally, the Force was born from is it's, like... Because it's equally amazing. But that's not right. Uh, well, that's not right. Because the Force... The Jedi didn't create the Force. They just learned how to use the Force. Yeah. They, the Force is from... It, it surrounds us. It's like the circle of life. And, the antelope binds eat the us. grass. And brings the galaxy together we eat the antelope when our bodies die we become the grass mm. you know mm. it's like that it's heavy stuff man it's heavy the stuff knew what he was talking about <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say i mean and it's it's ironic that he says all of that and the his monkey, voice is james earl jones who mm-hmm. is darth vader <laughs> oh wow that is true i didn't think <laughs> the monkey is his uncle the uh <laughs> this is not uh no i Man, I see. I'm excited. I'm excited. But in some ways, I don't know even know if I want to read all the pieces. But I, now I I'm almost, really intrigued. I almost kind of don't, but I do. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's so uh, hard. I don't, uh, mm. Wait. So what? Uh, what about um, besides the films? What about Star Wars are you most excited about right now? I feel like I'm obligated to say books. Be honest. Be honest. <laughs> I am more excited about books, though. I know. So, but okay. <sighs> Outside of the films, what I'm most excited about okay. right at this very current moment. Right the second. Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. I need to watch this. The, I still have the first season okay, on Blu-ray. you're all hearing this right now. Mm. I have every single episode on that TV DVR on PlayStation View right now. Wait, wait what? Who? How does that work? A DVR? Never heard of it. Yeah, so I have them all. Who is this Hans? Who is this Hans? <laughs> Uh, Let's go kiss Han. <laughs> uh, this is turning into Disney Vault talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, no, I love it. And honestly, why this, this season? I did not a, not in a not in a judgmental way. Bob Roth are gonna be mad at you for saying. Wait, who who what? They're the creators. Okay. Of no, no, I'm not. It, it ain't like so. Uh, so I like the I loved the Lego specials like that I've seen. Tales. Uh, like Joy Tales and stuff. I thought they were actually legitimately really funny. Yes. Um, but it, I feel this like is Freemaker, is, is it funny or is it? Yes. Okay. It is incredibly funny. And it's funny on two levels. Funny it's how? Funny, funny like a clown? Funny like a haha. <laughs> so it's like, it's funny on the surface for people who don't know all the ins and outs of Star Wars and like the yeah. kids and those. But does it have like jokes. the robot chicken element? Like the super self-aware funny stuff? I'm not sure. Well, like Admiral Akbar cereal. 
It has it's, stuff like that, but what it has is a funny for like you and me. Yes. That's like, okay. <laughs> I get that. That's funny. And then it has just like laugh out loud funny stuff. It has both. Well, it's sort of like the Disney Renaissance. You would have a lot of references. So, for example, Aladdin and the character of the genie is just nothing but constant pop culture references from 10, 20, and 30 years before the movie came out, which kids watching Aladdin would never get, but all the parents would. Right. But this is kind of like that Star Wars stuff. It's like, I like that, but with Star Wars. And it's smart comedy it's not just dumb mm-hmm. you know and i don't like dumb tv shows like spongebob As, from what you're describing it sounds like it should be way more popular than it is it's Seems actually like a shame. well i honestly i feel like this season is way more popular than the first season was. i am seeing a lot more on social media with and this season we've there have been a lot of interviews with bill motts and bob roth on a lot of different shows where mm-hmm. they've gone on and they've talked about it and uh like Van i need Rose, to watch through and then just get them on Van i just need to rogue saw interviewed carrie beck who also mm. has a part to play in this the voice cast is really good and you know it's it's one of the Trevor Duvall who plays the emperor is just fantastic. And he's been in like my little pony and oh, really? a bunch of some animes and a bunch of other stuff. He's really, really great. And then of course this season we have Hera Syndulla is yes. in mm-hmm. the show as well as Admiral Akbar and Mon Mothma. So that's really neat. Man. So here's the thing. So if you didn't under, if you didn't know the characters of the Freemaker kids isn't necessarily canon and what is happening isn't really canon but if a character shows up in this show alive or doing stuff then that means that they it's like what we call or or are calling canon adjacent so they are actually alive at that point so with harrison doula being alive and this takes place between empire sure and so we know that hera survives so we know that hera survives which i've I've seen on social media and is a part of the rebellion at this point that kind of takes away some of the drama of star wars rebels though not for me i mean we've known with rogue one coming out we knew that she listened that she and chopper and the ghost survived we knew that well that's true good point and then also like we all saw that season four trailer with the voiceover like mm-hmm. they're all gonna die except her let's be honest it's I mean, happening i know i mean it's, i'm i'm fully prepared for and that. it's gonna be amazing like star wars rebels as much as i <laughs> die crit- canon die that's what riley just <laughs> like, sorry. sorry well the uh, there's fiction is often and star wars is guilty of this all the time it's way too hesitant to explore real consequences and that's one thing I love about stories like Game of Thrones. As much as it's known for like being horribly bloody and like everybody dies and stuff, like there is it's it, also known for other it's the central element of Star Wars. Like go to the A New Hope. Obi Wan's sacrifice is a real consequence mm-hmm. of what's happened to the galaxy. It's not like everyone escapes and is happy at the end. No. Right. Like people that it's were like, upset like, about Rogue One, I get it. I get that there are ways that they could have survived, but but that's not the point from of the a, story. Like no, it's not. But I'm asking you, from mm-hmm. like a military standpoint, yeah. what is the likelihood that two people that were doing what they were doing yeah, zero. would have survived? Yeah, zero. Exactly, zero. Like, put it in terms of like World War Two. probably not yeah. gonna live. Yeah, like you don't, you watch Saving Private Ryan and the, the story, it's a military story of survival and heroics. And even then, like there is tons of death associated with it. And I mean, so, you're not going to sneak into Hitler's, you know, compound and get out. Yeah, no. Good luck. Um, but I, so, and Star Wars particularly, Star Wars fiction is very much uh, averse to this. The, the new canon book I was most looking forward to reading, and I'm going to just put out a spoiler alert now. It's, it's been published for like several years, but just in case. 
um, was the Ventress novel, which I just blinked on the title. Um, that was that was the one novel that sounded like it had some of the harshest ending consequences as far as being it willing had to really, show. really harsh. Ending and somebody spoiled it. Going back to the beginning of this podcast, and so like I feel like I was robbed of like one of the greatest story points of the new canon. And so I start a book like. Um, a good example being Rebel Rising. It's a really well-written book. It's very engaging. I love it. It's fast-paced. But it's as a backstory, there there isn't really the opportunity to show the kind of consequences and realism that I would want to see. So, like, one thing I'm looking forward to, as much as I criticize Star Wars Rebels at times for really having a lot, like, they do so well with certain episode arcs that then the other ones are just like, oh, where's where's the freaking Ahsoka fighting Darth Vader? Um, and yeah, yes, but you it's can't greedy. have that all the time. You can't have it all the time, but you I can. I mean, it can't be like epic lightsaber battle, epic lightsaber battle. No, epic no. Epic starfighter battle. But you can have epic storytelling pew, 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 every week. Pew, pew. And so, but so I, I guess that's what I'm most looking forward to with Rebel season four. From the look of that trailer, it sounds like we're going to get a lot more consistent, kind of epic, real Star Wars mythology, like kind of and that's back what to I the most Clone love. Wars, you know, when Clone Wars is guilty of it all the time too. Yeah, they, as yeah, much as I are, love it, they are. But mm. it's, I think Clone Wars had that ability. I don't know if it had every season had its the like, right word, but they they did some of that. But I want to go back really quick to what you were talking about with Rebel Rising because I know you haven't made it all the way through that book. Mm-mm. I think you'll find you would find yourself surprised if you keep reading because. You know, reading that book, that there's no way for Jin to have any kind of a happy ending. You already know that because we've yeah. seen Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So really, that book is about how do we get young Jin to the Jin that we find on Wabani? Yeah. And how do we find a Jin that is so hopeless, like on the verge of just saying, screw all of this, I'm done. Yeah. To... You know, how do we get her there, essentially? And this that book does a great job. And there's Beth Revis does a few things in that book that I think will shock the living daylights out of you that she does to Jen. She gives her some moments of hope the deeper you get into it. And then she yanks mm. that crap right out from under her. Like, I... I felt which bad. would help really explain um, her bitterness in Rogue One. Oh, she does a great because you job. don't really get that much. Con- you get it alluded to, but you don't get a lot of context for that. All excellent points, and it kind of points to f- making Jenna more full character when you're talking about these sort of real consequences. Same thing going back to the Entertainment Weekly piece with Ray, the idea of confronting a Luke Skywalker and it turning out to be something totally different than. The Rocky montage of da and but you know I feel like um I feel like I want to ask somebody a few questions on this so I'm gonna see if this works uh, this is this is like the most rogue I don't even have the full studio set up so we'll see Hello. if this works Anthony Bresnikin how's it going hey, man Riley. it's good to talk to you right. we were just uh, recording some Star Wars podcasting and it's uh, me and my friend Teresa here. Hi, Anthony. You, I'm from hey, Fangirls. I'm from Fangirls Going Rogue. So hi. Oh, hey. Hey. So it turns out there's some new Star Wars stuff this week. You heard about it? Yeah, I did. I, I was just put just... out the last story in the in the series. So uh, man, clear. You're still at it, dude. Like you're still. It's just amazing. I um, I have questions about Ray. Uh, it's driving me nuts. Do you want to talk on uh, Skype? Or, Do you have uh... it? Yeah, just sweet. I will give you, like, a call right there in, like, 30 seconds. Okay. Perfect. 
All right, uh, we're gonna imp- listen. The consummate professional. He's like, this is not. This is not really. This he's is like, uh, this is kind of not like, how you Riley, should do this. I'm not, I don't want to criticize the way you're running your little podcast here, <laughs> but, but maybe, you, maybe should you should be on, on Skype. Skype. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. All right, uh, open Skype. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. All right, Siri is now open to Skype for me. <laughs> I'm not editing any of this out either, Teresa. Um, but I, do you get what I mean with the with with consequences? Do you agree with me that a lot of Star Wars fiction has failed in that category? Am I being mean to say that? No, I don't think you're being mean. I think it's a natural thing. I don't think it's a. I think it's a human thing. You yeah. Know? No. And it, it's hard to keep that kind of pace too. If you're. Uh, well, except that he'll uh, uh, he'll have a much better microphone. It'll still sound the same to him. But uh, <laughs> but we'll see if it uh, we'll see if this works out. I don't know. I I think that also it may not be the case as broadly across Star Wars fiction, and I was just a little bit more. I don't know. Oh, call wait, call failed. All right, hang uh... on. Because I may have stopped giving it as much of a chance as I should by by some of the earlier stuff. There's. Mm... But again, I go back to like it's a human thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like dealing with consequences, no matter yeah. who you are. You just don't like dealing with it. Yeah. So why make your characters have to deal with yeah, it? Yeah, just throw a few porgs in there and everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <There he is. laughs> All right, let's see if this works a little bit better. I've got, uh, I'm on LTE now. All right, here we are. <clears throat> let's, um, almost there, everybody. I'm sure um, this technical difficulties will be uh, resolved. Momentarily. Come on, Bresna can. Either Bresna can't or Bresna can. I'm sure that's a joke he's never heard before. <laughs> All right, let me pause the recorder because this is this is this is not this is in really engaging audio. <laughs> there we are. All right, we are set up. Um. All right, I have questions about Ray. Uh, Anthony, and let's I'm, go. So, uh, of all these awesome pieces, we're going to link to all of them in, in this week's podcast. Uh, I'd love Great. to hear uh, your thoughts on specifically the issue with Ray's initial encounter with Luke. Now we're learning a little bit more about it. Uh, tell us about what you found out. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not interested in spoiling the whole journey of the movie, obviously. So, you know, when I talked to Ryan Johnson, I just wanted to know what do we need to know about. The relationship between these two people, Ray and Luke Skywalker. She spent all of The Force Awakens trying to find him. We see her come face to face with him at the end, but he doesn't say anything. He doesn't really react. You can read a lot into his expression, but what happens next? And, uh, you know, Ryan felt it wasn't a spoiler to say they do not have a great relationship. They do not hit it off. It is not like. Even with Han Solo, where she kind of wins him over uh, with a little bit of techno Millennium Falcon speak, you know, and familiarity yeah. with the craft. Like, like she idolizes Luke Skywalker. He is a legend to her, a hero. And one of the themes of The Last Jedi is the perils of meeting your heroes. You know, that old adage, don't meet your heroes, they'll disappoint you. Well, Luke Skywalker is broken, and he is not the hero we remember from Return of the Jedi 
and he does not believe in that kind of hero anymore. So he's pushing her away. And what I thought was really interesting was Daisy Ridley said um, her perspective on Ray is it's not really fair for Ray to show up and say, here's your old lightsaber back. Remember when you were a great big hero 20 years ago? Yeah. We'll get back into the fight. And he kind of wants to, it's her job now to, to take up the fight. And um, it's sort of about one generation passing responsibility on to the next. So I think it's fair to guess that eventually they'll come to some sort of understanding, but how they get there and what revelations arise from that connection, uh, we'll have to wait and see mm. on December 15th. Yeah. Mm. See, this is where the pieces are kind of coming together from... We've even had some fun with it here on the show, but the all the quotes from that behind-the-scenes reel were about, you know, the, your expectations are going to be subverted, it's different, it's new. And in some ways, it seemed those seemed a little platitude-y, but, but now that we're getting this, it does seem like that's a legitimate story point. Like, this is... Man, as a huge fan of Return of the Jedi, this is hard. This is going to be hard for Star Wars fans to swallow. Well, I guess it comes down to: Do you want more story? And if you don't, mm. then I could see just saying, "Okay, well, then it should end with Return of the Jedi." Yeah. But I, I think what you don't want, even if you think you want it, is you don't want thirty some years of Luke Skywalker being the same dude like well one that's impossible everybody changes yeah in in some manner over the course of the years and uh, those are a lot of years in between and two you got to have some drama right like i remember talking with the showrunner of a of a tv series some years back about you know taking your main characters and making them unlikable sometimes and he said well so, sometimes you got to do that in an episode to make to give them a little journey, you know, they have to be kind of a dick at the beginning <laughs> in order for them yeah. to come around. And uh, I think that's what we're going to get with Luke Skywalker. It's like I don't think they're going to. F- I mean, I don't, I don't know this, uh, but I would guess that they don't fully make him, you know, evil or an asshole or something yeah. that he can come back from. But they've got to position him such that he, it explains why he felt he needed to leave the fight. And two, why he – you got to give him somewhere new to venture to, right? And uh, you know, I tried to conclude the story with a note of optimism is that you know, I think Luke – the core of Luke is not the guy who blows up the Death Star and not the guy who faces down Java without any fear. I think the heart of Luke Skywalker yeah. is that moment on the rocks looking at the twin sons. Yes. And wondering about the possibility that's out there that he might prove himself. And that part of him, I think, is unchanged from the Luke we know in the past, at least from everything I can Hmm. tell. And and if that's the case, then this older, broken, embittered Luke Skywalker is still yearning to meet the Luke Skywalker of Legend 2. And I'm going to get – Anthony, I'm going to get super – like prequel nerdy i'm just gonna let that side of me come out uh as the kid who just fell in love with and saw those movies like uh, growing up in middle and high school um this fits so well in my mind not necessarily with the sort of buttoned up ending of return of the jedi sure that's a different kind of luke but it matches so well sort of the force philosophy that uh, lucas was telling in the story throughout all the way up through revenge of the sith with qui-gon's view of the dogmatic view of the jedi order falling short. I mean, essentially, 
this sequel trilogy in almost a weird way is proving Qui-Gon right. Now I know that I don't know is that territory that you've been able to cover or since you've gotten you've gotten at all when you're in these interviews? Well, here's a little news. I haven't reported this, so it's exclusive to hey, you. All right. Um but uh, you know, George Lucas is mainly out of the creation of these new films. Sure, He's yeah. not participating but kathy kennedy told me at star wars celebration that one area where he is still involved is that he will occasionally pick his brain about the jedi and what it means to be a jedi and what his vision of the jedi happens to be and he does have a slightly cynical view of them so yeah i would say one area where george lucas is still adding a little spice to the dish is in that direction of of the rigidity and the dogma of the Jedi and whether that's maybe not such a great thing for them to, uh, to pursue as they try to understand the force, because I don't think the force has those kinds of strict rules. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is you bring up the concept of the force and like we, when we look at star Wars rebels and we look at the Bindu who is essentially a production of the force He's not light or dark. Like the force is just comes from you know the world and inside the core of the galaxy itself. And the Jedi are just a manifestation of the force mm-hmm. of a way to interpret it. And so they went one side with it. And I know none of this is canon anymore. You know, if you will, canon. But the early like Dawn of the Jedi book and stuff like that. There's a totally different Jedi in those yeah. books, and I love that Jedi more than I love the Jedi from the prequels because I really do feel like the Jedi from the prequels were their own downfall and it's kind of what we're seeing here almost repeated. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I also think there's a practical side to this, although nobody really wants to discuss that publicly at Lucasfilm, which is if you're going to have a movie every year focused on Star Wars, you can't tell the same story of a nobody from nowhere who Mm-hmm. who discovers that he or she is a Jedi. They did that with Luke. They did that with Anakin. They did that with Rey. They've done that on Rebels with Ezra. And I think now, if they're going to keep going forward, it can't just be the Jedi and the Sith, the Jedi and the Sith, spy versus spy, beating the crap out of each other. Yeah. Odd infinitum through the galaxy. And um, uh, you've, But you've got to have the Force. That's a cool thing you want to keep working with. So maybe there's a new way to explore the Force that doesn't have to be this sort of, like, monastic order of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like that, actually. A lesson we could well learn, literally, in the ruins of the first Jedi Temple. You could say it's almost poetic. It's almost like they planned it! Uh, (laughs) I'm just Anthony. Dude, all right. I know you're a busy guy, and we just totally called you up out of nowhere. There's one parting thing. Teresa has a parting question that you... I have a parting question. Why do you think Star Wars fandom is obsessed with porks? (laughs) Uh, It's funny because, like, I've been so busy this week writing all these different stories because we do the cover story for the magazine, which is, like, 1,600 words long, and then I do... I break up that piece and expand on it and do these online stories, which are each, like, a 1,000 words long. So I've been, like, typing away, and I haven't had a lot of time to gauge the reaction. I see – I just see that there is reaction, you know? Like, I sort of see the volume. Um, And people do seem to be super – Either into the porgs or against the porgs. How called, do you it's guys called fall? Por- it's it's porglash. We've already we've <laughs> we've named it. Porglash. Wow. It already has a thing. It has a name. Well, as so of like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> but I noticed Ryan Johnson on Twitter kind of def- like 
deflecting or defending the porgs to some guy and i was like is the is is the is the attitude against the porgs I don't. I think no. There's tons of people that love them. Like, yeah. there's a big love for the porgs and turning them into memes. And that's yeah, the I best did, part. I did see. I did see one about Darth Porgus, like Darth Plagueis. <laughs> I so, love the one of the Photoshop of the uh, image you guys released with the porg, uh, like in the seat of the falcon, and they put like a vest on him. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. didn't see that one. Yeah, so I did notice in the. Ba- like I did notice it. Way. In the behind-the-scenes footage, there's Chewie in. I guess it's the cockpit of the Falcon. With a white feather stuck to his lips. Yeah, it's just true. It's true. Listen, I, we don't know what he was doing at that campfire. Um, <laughs> all right. Do pe- people think he was eating porgs, right? Uh, that's. I mean, I'm just. I don't want to put that out there into the internet, but I think it already is. So you know, it's it's a it's a gruesome and and sordid tale, one of which I'm sure we might find out in the last Jedi. <laughs> well, what do you guys think of the porgs? Yay or nay? Oh, I I love them. I am a big porg <laughs> fan. I have actually done my own impression of a porg on another podcast <laughs> that I, what i think they might sound like but you know listen i'm I, I i love them and i think they're cute and i'm also waiting for like the 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 deeper story like you know the ewoks are sort of like the primitive pure culture going against the technology maybe there's like uh, yeah. some awesome like reveal of like the porgs maybe the porgs like a fleet of them lift the falcon and boost it I don't know. Something. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That'd I'm be just interesting. Making... I, I see. I don't like Jar Jar Binks as a character, but I don't think he's cute. I just think he's irksome and annoying. Um, but I do like the Ewoks, and I. But I was a little kid when the Return of the Jedi came out, so you know I wasn't mm. thinking like, well, wow, you know, Star Wars should be really intense and dark. I liked that they were cute and little, like me. You yeah. know, not that I was so cute, but like, uh, but I thought. Um, I'm okay with that. I don't know. I don't know why there's such like an a, a reflexive disdain for cuteness in the Star Wars universe. Like if it were all like that, okay, yeah, yeah. I get it. That's not cool. You don't want everything to be like a like a kids' TV show. But yeah. like, uh, but I'm I'm okay with a little bit of you know BB-8 cuteness or Porg cuteness and yeah, you know, Star Wars is cute at times. It's okay. I mean, BB-8 can't have all the pressure of being the only cute thing in this in this trilogy, you know. It's a lot for the poor guy to deal with. Oh man! Uh, all right, it's Entertainment Weekly. It's this week's issue on stands right now. As you listen to the podcast, we'll have all the links, and of course, follow at Bresnikin on Twitter. There's all kinds of awesomeness. Uh, Anthony, dude, thanks so much for uh, coming on and, My pleasure. and, and walking us through. It. Appreciate it. We'll talk to May- you soon. May the pork be with you. <laughs> well, that's how we're in it. <laughs> thanks, guy. We'll see ya. All right, uh, Anthony Resnikin, everybody. <laughs> I lost my ability to talk at the end there. I was like trying to say, I was like, "Thanks, guy. We'll see." You. Uh, but I don't even think I finished the sentence. May the, the pork be May the with pork you. Good grief! All right, this is this is a pretty good podcast, right? Only because of Teresa and Anthony. I'm like, I need I need to do something this week. So let's get better people than me at this stuff. Uh, no, dude, the dude's awesome. Um, uh, like, listen, I'm I'm rating the Skype one and the rating of the that phone call, and I don't know about the quality, but man, the guy on that st- phone call is five stars. I just gave five stars on that Skype call review. <laughs> I think. Porgs. Do you need some wine with that cheese? <laughs> yes, That's actually, kind of, kind of a uh, little bit. Man, how we've been at this for over an hour, Teresa. Yeah. L- listen, we didn't have any show notes, no like point by we point. Just sort of like we just flew went at by it. the seat of our pants. porg. 
<laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen. Replace every sentence that has a word with a P mm-hmm. with Porg. Well, start with the movie titles. The Phantom Porg, Attack well, of the Porgs. Wait, hmm? Oh. The Porg. Hmm? What? Wait. The Phantom Porg. The Porg Menace. Because of the P. Oh. Phantom. Oh, yeah. It has to be the P. Well, uh, I was the, just thinking. Because mm, I kind of like Attack of the Porgs. Porgs. Revenge of the Porgs. Someone needs to do Porgs as ponies. May the Porgs be with ponies. you. Oh, my little Porg. My little yeah. Porg. Okay. Dr. Porg. <laughs> Dr. <Porg>. Lord of <laughs> the Porgs. <laughs> this, is so, this is way funnier to okay, us wait, than it should be. Uh, okay, is... but the fan, the, okay, the Phantom Porg. <laughs> yeah. Attack of the Porgs. Yeah, Revenge of the Porgs. Right? Yeah, a new Porg. A new Porg. Empire's, the Imp- Empire Imp- Porgs back. Let's the, make it a verb. The, Why not? The Empire Porgs back. Like, what is a uh, pork verb? Does that mean like rapidly turning your head and looking cute like in the video? Uh, return of the pork. Return of the pork. Rogue pork. No, we have rogue pork. Um, the pork awakens. The last pork. <laughs> Why is this so funny? This is this is a sign that we've been recording too long. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, let's 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 get set up to wrap up. But before we do, uh, Teresa. <laughs> Besides all the six podcasts you're on, how do people stay in touch with you? The best way is just to follow me on pretty much every social media platform. Ice cold. Porg. Porg. <laughs> you should change it. Really? I don't, can I? Well, you could change your name at least, like on Twitter. You know how they do like the at convention? You just like ice cold porg and then ice cold penguin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Andy, for realsies. Yeah. Ice Cold Penguin. Ice Cold Penguin on every social media is where you can find me. Mm. And I usually put all the links out to all my shows. Yep. If I ever decide to write a blog post again in my life, it'll be hey. posted there. All right. Uh, what else? Just trying to think. Oh, I have a... For anybody who's interested... This is nothing to do with Star Wars, but okay. for anybody who's interested in hard copy like paper planners i have a youtube channel oh yes called planning with penguins or planning mm, with, with porgs mhm 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 we we couldn't do this episode by the way on on skype because you have to time you have to time the porgs i well i'm can't i for one i see on the desk here the brand new book uh battlefront 2 inferno Inferno Squad, pork. yeah. Oh, come on. Infer- oh. <laughs> Get with the program, Battlefront 2 Inferno Porgs. Uh, really, though. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine playing as a Porg in Battlefront 2? <gasps> you could play what as if a... There's an, what if there's a way to unlock that? There was like, Ewok like destruction thing. mode uh, where you could fight Ewoks. I don't think you could play Ewoks on the original Battlefront 2. Hmm. Uh, man, Guardian Guardians of, of the, the Porgs. Porgs. Yes. <laughs> Uh, also, like, don't just follow. We always we podcasts were really bad about follow me here, follow me there. The reason you should follow Teresa at Ice Cold Penguin on uh, particularly Instagram and Twitter is that uh, I, we have the best weekend here in Austin ever. So if you want to go see all the awesome pictures of us going to the state capitol and hanging out and and, and uh, recording awesome podcasts and having a great grand time, uh, it's going to be all over her Instagram and this other guy at the Riley guy at the Riley Porg <laughs> the Riley Porg. Yep. Um, uh, at the Riley guy on Instagram and Twitter. Twitters. Those are the main two. And uh, of course, uh, catch the show. It's uh, starwarsport.com slash iTunes. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review as always. And of course, a big shout out and thank you to everyone who supported this, what is now officially, according to my timestamp, a Megapod. This is the debut. It's a Megapod podcast. Yes. It's a mega, mega pod. Pork. It's a mega pod podcast. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Listen. You know what? If if Roku Depot hears this and they're, they're <laughs> reviewing it, you did not just go there. <laughs> they're doing this want, awesome new thing called the us... Porg Count, and I think I just made <laughs> it really hard for <laughs> him. Did. That's. I'm sorry. Are they going to only give us two out of five Porgs for this podcast <laughs> episode? <laughs> Hey, the Womp, uh, not the Wampus Lair, but Ion Cannon should change their mm, rating yes, system to Porgs. To Porgs I'm sure it's already happened. Or if it's not, it's already about to happen. Uh, <laughs> no, Megapod. This is this is a sort of uh, an off the wall episode, and it's a it's our monthly bonus uh, super episode because uh, more than fifty of you guys jumped on board in the last two weeks, and so as promised here in person, uh, we had a chance to do a more long form one on one topical. No, you know, Bruce Gibson was in the Facebook live chat. I was like, who's the producer? Eh, ain't no producer on this mega pod porg cast. That, Did I get it right? Yeah, okay. The there Ewoks and the The Ewok is the, pro- is the producer. Uh, so uh, seriously, really, really appreciate you guys. We do a weekly, in addition to this, which we're just doing for everybody. This is in the main podcast feed. If you want to catch our weekly uh, bonus rogue transmission, uh, then... Uh, you want to head over to patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, pledge a buck. It's called the Tip Jar Jar. Get it, right? Get it? Because it's like a dollar and it's like a tip. It's like... It's I'm like, not going to laugh to that. <laughs> she's about to... She's thinking... <laughs> ah, she did. Oh, man. Uh, or the Tip Pork Pork. Um, tip Pork Pork. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll stop. So yeah, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, you can do that. And of course, $5 is the is the bonus content level. So that's what we're doing. Uh, in fact, we're about to do a quick rapid fire. It's not going to be super long. I'm going to do a rapid fire series of fan questions with Teresa. And that's going to be this week's bonus uh, uh, rogue transmission. She doesn't, she doesn't know that. I just announced it. Sounds good. All right, sweet. Uh, guys, we will see you next week when I am back in studio in Hotlanta. Although it's not Hotlanta. It's hot, Austin. It's so hot here. It's like, it's like a freaking 101 degrees. All right, all right. We're out of here. We'll see you guys. Bye. And may the pork be with you. Man, many porks died to bring you this podcast. What's up? Thank you for writing Star Porgs. Goodbye.